Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is Ron Kaiser. I'm the host of this podcast, which is designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. I am a positive health psychologist, and I ask my guests to be people who are themselves living life enthusiastically and are in a position to help others do so. We've got an interesting series of guests, as those of you who have been following the podcast know, and today it's going to be no exception. Before introducing our guest, however, I do want you to be aware of our website, www.thementalhealthgym, which is the source of information about positive psychology, our concept of goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating the art and science of growing older with enthusiasm, which coincidentally is the name of my best-selling and award-winning book. Now, today we have a special guest for you, and I don't think we have interviewed a hypnotist before. But I don't know what that conjures up in your mind, but we've got a really special guest in terms of Kevin Stone, who is one of the preeminent hypnotherapists in the world. Kevin has an impressive list of credentials and is listed in the prestigious who's who of entrepreneurs. Kevin is a master hypnotist, board certified hypnotherapist, and highly sought after comedy entertainer around the globe. It's kind of an interesting combination. We'll have to talk about that. He's also a leader and pioneer, as well as a historian in the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapist. He is a senior clinical instructor at the Craniofacial Pain TMJ Clinic of the Auto Laryngology Foundation. That was my challenge for introducing him, the, the Auto Laryngology Foundation. How'd that do, Kevin? Of the... Uh, White Memorial Medical Center in Los Angeles, California. In addition to those accomplishments, he is a motivational and keynote speaker, holding workshops and corporate training programs for major Fortune 500 companies and others around the globe. He's a television personality, an author, a radio host, a retired firefighter, and an animal rights activist. There probably are some things that he hasn't done in this world, but I'm not sure how many he hasn't. Kevin is highly sought after as a global expert and authority on hypnosis and has been featured in countless media outlets and publications. If I read them all, we would use up the entire time of the podcast, but uh, <laughs> believe me, they're out there. And so without wasting any more of my time so that you can hear the expert on this, I'd like to welcome Kevin to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's such an honor to have you with us. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this world, listening or watching this amazing program. Wow, Dr. Ron, that's a, that's a mouthful. You know, every time I listen to those accolades, I just, I stand on the shoulder of giants, because uh, I'm inspired by so many others, including yourself, to continue my passion and my work in this particular area to help people to help themselves. That's wonderful. But I do have to ask you right at the start, sure. I remember when I was growing up, there was a period of my life when I thought about being a firefighter. Never did I imagine 
that was the thought entered my mind of why not be a hypnotist? Kind of wonder about your journey. How did you get to be who you are today with all these these accolades? How does somebody decide to be a hypnotist, Kevin? Yeah, well, I want to give you the simplistic answer, and then we'll elongate that a little bit. You know, for me, Ron, it's very simple. I'm following my path, uh, my God-given path, and that's the simplicity of it. As far as I'm concerned, God has a plan for all of us, and all we have to do is ask, and we follow that plan. But to give you the long version, what happened with me was I was out of work. It was in firefighting, and uh, I was out of work, and I needed to, to do something with myself. So I'm the type of person that I don't like to sit still, and I don't even know what the word boredom means. So I automatically, when I find myself in compromising positions like that, I generally go to academia. I sign back up, go back into school, go back into college start to learn things that I'm fascinated by that I now have the time to do. And that's exactly what happened in this situation back in the 90s. I'm now currently celebrating my 25th anniversary as a board-certified hypnotherapist here in the state of California. And I went back to college. It was a college that's here in Tarzana, California that actually gave college credit. I was fascinated by this uh, modality as a boy. And I thought, wow, if I'm able to get college credit for this, why not? So I signed up for the two-year program, and I learned how to do hypnosis. But I was on the other side of the fence, like maybe a lot of listeners and people watching this program. I was on the other side of the fence. I came from a very strong New England Catholic background. And so this stuff was, you know, always stereotyped, and it is today in the movies and television. It's demonic. It's evil. It's the work of the devil and black arts. I've heard it all. But I still had a fascination with it. And I thought, well, if this is a college and it's an accredited program, I have nothing to lose. And so I enrolled and I fell in love with the modality of a natural organic resource that's able to help people to help themselves. And so the first thing I started doing was changing my life with the applications of self-hypnosis. And the first thing for me was I was a chronic nail biter. I got to remember, too, I enrolled into this particular college program later in life. I was already in my 30s, I believe, my late 30s. And so I was a nail biter. And so the first thing that I did to challenge this hypnosis, because, again, I didn't believe it. I came from a different mindset. My upbringing was what I just explained. And so to me, it was a little confusing, but I was still fascinated by what I was watching and what I had known. And so the first thing I did was stop biting my nails. And so that took me on the entire ride, 25 years later, seeing amazing, fascinating things, not only in my personal life of the changes, but in other people's lives as well. I hadn't expected that answer, but (laughs) so I I guess I wasn't that unusual as a child, not necessarily aspiring to be a a hypnotist. It sounds like you didn't either until a certain point in life. No, I didn't. But I realized during the program, when you're following God's plan, it just works. Everything just seems to fit. And it was so easy for me. Unlike all of the other things I did prior, I had to really work at it. I was doing it in my own own will. And it was a long road up to that point. But once I enrolled, I started to realize this is my calling. This is my path. This is my mission. 
to help people to help themselves with this natural organic modality. And what are some of the things that people come to you for help with? Yeah. Let's talk about the stereotype and what I basically, when I first opened my private practice, hung my shingle out as a certified hypnotherapist. I wasn't even board certified at that time, but you know, I was nervous. I graduated school. This is something I wanted to do. And so I focused on losing weight, stop smoking, stress and anxiety. And that's generally what I think most people understand what a hypnotherapist does And I think a lot of them promote it that way as well. But the applications of this modality are endless. Anything you think about that you want to change in your life is applicable with hypnosis. End of story. And I've treated all types of things. My specialty these days become pain management, TMJ, like you mentioned earlier in the program. So that's mainly what I focus on, but I also deal with a lot of celebrities, major sports figures for all kinds of reasons and problems in life, just like drug addictions or any addictions. So we're talking the scope anywhere from A to Z. Again, whatever one thinks about that they want to change in their life, this modality can and will work for you. Is it a thing where you go on an ongoing basis? Is it a one-time thing? What's the general format for somebody who's pretty naive about what hypnosis is? Excellent question. So let me give you an example. So let's take the simplicity of smoking. Now, smoking can be, in most sessions with my work, because my work is about 98%. I've been able to craft it over the years to get to that point of that success. And that's why I've become who I am. And I'm well-known around the world because my work Everybody's like, oh, how do, how do I get that? So sessions range anywhere between one to six sessions. So let me give you an example just with the simplicity of smoking. So I'll give you the story of a smoker I had many years ago where he came in and he was a 40-year smoker, two and a half packs a day, camel non-filter. That's pretty heavy smoking. Mm-hmm. That's the worst cigarette you can smoke. There's no filter in it. This guy, straight hardcore. And he was an ex-Marine. And so... You have to really want to be in hypnosis as well. So a lot of people call me, especially with the smoking or the weight, and my first question to them is, is this something you really want to do, or is this something your spouse is pushing you to do? Because that's generally what ends up happening. So if somebody else is pushing them to do it, they're feeling that pressure, that peer pressure, this modality does not work. You have to really want it to work for you. Because again, all hypnosis is really self-hypnosis, And I'm the guide who gets you where you need to go. So with the smoking, basically, he comes in and I explain the same thing I just explained to you and your audience. And I also told him it could take anywhere between one to six because 40 years, two and a half packs a day, that's a lot of smoking. And so it's possible it's not going to go away with one session. Long story short, he comes into the office, sets up the session, and he really wanted to be there. Matter of fact, he left his wife home at that that day. And I told him to smoke him up before he came into my office, as I do to everybody, because this will be more than likely, as far as I'm concerned, the last time you're ever going to put a cigarette to your mouth again, because you don't want to. And I'm going to give you the tools to do that and rewire, reprogram your brain to not do that. So he comes in and he was pretty negative about it. He says, I don't think this is going to work. He takes his cigarettes out of his breast pocket 
and he had probably half a pack left. He slams them on my desk and he goes, I don't think this is going to work. And I looked him straight in the eye and I didn't even get into the formality of the hypnosis. I basically told him, you're absolutely right, but it already did work. So you can now leave and this session is now done and give me a call in three days and let me know what happened. Now, what he didn't know, unbeknownst to him, is I had already started the process the moment he walked into the door. So I didn't really have to get into the formality, nor was he willing or wanting to do the formality, because to him it was all hocus pocus, it was nonsense, and it was something he just was not going to allow himself to do. Three days later, he calls me back, apologetic for his behavior in my office, and he says, I've not picked up a cigarette yet. I said, that's great. You're not going to anymore. And so give me a call in two weeks. Well, he calls me in four weeks and tells me he's still a non-smoker. So that happened within one session that wasn't even a formal session. That's how the applications can work. Because with a skilled, trained, professional hypnotist, hypnotherapist, they can determine right away whether that person's in a hypnotic suggestible state and start implanting the suggestions of what the person's wanting when they come into your private practice. That's an amazing story. Since we're talking about smokers, there are all kinds of options now to try and quit smoking. There's a patch and yes, the gum and groups and stuff like that. Are there certain types of smokers that are best for hypnosis? Or how does somebody know whether to just buy the gum or come see you? Yeah, there's a lot of products on the market, just like in the diet world, right? In the weight loss world, there's a ton of products that can help you to achieve your goal. Here's my response to that. Everything works. Everything works if you want it to work. The difference is between a natural organic process called hypnosis versus a chemical stimulant or other product that's on the market, there's repercussions from that, and they're not necessarily going to work because you're relying so much on them wanting to work so you're not willing to put the work in. The applications of hypnosis actually get into your subconscious mind, the most powerful part of your brain, 88% of your brain's capacity. Most people hear it in the movies on TV, but let's correct the numbers. It's 88 and 12%. 12% is your conscious mind, which you're using now to listen to this program. 88 is that subconscious mind, which really controls everything in our lives, which we just don't realize that. So as the hypnotist, I'm able to get into the subconscious mind with your permission and your free will to basically rewire the programming and not allow you to do the negative behavior. It's really that simple. So your mind is like this computer brain. And so, again, it builds up with all of the negative and you need somebody to come in to take out the trash. And so that's the simplicity of how hypnosis works as well. And again, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. We go in and out of hypnosis about a thousand times a day. It's a natural state. It really is. Common forms of hypnosis, what I like to call freeway hypnosis, highway hypnosis. You're driving along, come on the freeway, highway. You realize your exit was three exits back. You're reading a good book. You're watching a good movie. You're not paying attention to anything else but what's happening. You're listening to this very program, and you forgot what, what you're wanting to do because you're so absorbed as to what's happening now. See what I just did there, Ron? I just hypnotized the entire audience. <laughs> and so that's how natural hypnosis is. So a good, skilled, trained hypnotist 
will understand the environmental hypnotic effect, which again, I use it very transparently. Advertisers, commercials, every we're bombarded all day long with hypnosis. We just don't realize that. And so that's why people are wearing the different clothing they wear, different types of jewelry they wear. You buy the different products that you're buying because you're your subject to their hypnotic influence of why you're doing these particular things. And you have to remember this. All behavior is learned behavior. So if you can learn it, guess what? You can unlearn it. And that's what the tool and the applications of hypnosis do. Boy, that's really fascinating. Now, the examples you're citing, though, is kind of at odds with what some of us have learned. I mean, you talked about the guy coming in and you speak to him for a few minutes. There was no watch going in front of him or <laughs> go to sleep. I'm sure a lot of people are concerned about, you know, going, seeing a hypnotist and kind of losing control or not coming out of it or whatever. Right. Uh, wh What's the difference between what you're talking about and what, what some of us are perceiving as hypnosis? Right. Well, we're conditioned to perceive as hypnosis and stereotypically because, yes, that's what you see in the movies, on TV. If you look behind me, you can see I'm an avid collector of hypnotic memorabilia. As you mentioned earlier in the program, I am a historian. I'm fascinated with the history of hypnosis and the beginnings of it. Dr. Freud used it very, very heavily in the 1800s, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we don't use the watch, the hypnodisc. None of those things happen. If people want that, I'll produce it. We can do that. But that's not how hypnosis is done. Hypnosis is done with words, with a sentence structure that once the therapist understands how the patient understands language and communicates, then they're able to speak to them and to their brain to rewire it for them. Because we all speak to ourselves all day long, right? All that little voice inside. Well, that little voice inside gets us into trouble a lot of the times because it goes into doubt, fear. It second guesses ourselves about what we should have did when we should have just stayed doing it. And we miss those golden opportunities. And so we're all hypnotizing ourselves all day long. Well, why not refine that? Understand how to use the language that you're using with yourself in a positive way. That way you continue to program yourself in the way that you want to be programmed and not allow the environment or outside influences to program you because we're all suggestible and that's just how we're wired. Fearing that you're going to be in control of my mind is not a, a really rational fear. If I were to come see you, I'd be able to leave, drive away. Yes, that's a misnomer, common fear that everybody has. That I'm going to be in control. I'm going to tap into your mind and divulge all of your deep, dark secrets and all of these things that people think. That's not the case whatsoever. In actuality, when you're in a hypnotic state, Ron, you're actually more in control than you are right now in a normal, regular environmental state of mind. So these people who say, well, I can't be hypnotized. Do you take it as a challenge or do you? No. Uh... You know, back in my younger days, Ron, I might have taken that as a challenge. But, you know, age and wisdom have a different effect on life. And, and, and when we get there in life, there is no more challenges to take on 
for me because it's not necessary. I'm of the ilk of either you get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, that's fine with me. I'm not here to prove anything but what I know, not only of what this modality has done to me personally in my life, but what I've seen in 25 years of private practice, and not only private practice, but on a nationwide influence of helping people to help themselves. I've seen amazing, phenomenal things happen with this modality. And the proof is in the reports, right? It's like truth. Either you want to believe the truth or you don't. And I'm not here to, to try and make anyone believe anything that they don't want to believe. It's their loss as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Good way of looking at it. Some of the areas in which you work, you mentioned smoking and weight control and so on. I know historically those are high areas for relapse. Does yes. hypnosis have lasting effects or booster sessions recommended or what's the general course of somebody who successfully manages to gain their objective in hypnosis? Yeah. Absolutely, positively, long-lasting, permanent changes. Because again, you're rewiring your own brain with my guidance and my help. So you're basically eliminating the negative belief system or the negative actions that you're doing and replacing them with the positive behavior. And so therefore, you're starting from ground zero again. So what you do with it at that point is entirely up to you, but you're definitely more conscious of that crossover if and when you're challenged with that. Because look, you're going to be challenged with those issues. You're going to be at a party, let's say, if you're a smoker, and look, you have friends who smoke. I have people come in, well, um, I want to stop smoking, but my wife doesn't want to stop smoking. How's that going to work for me? Well, it's really entirely up to you because once you do the programming, Again, it's all on you at that point. I'm going to give you the tools. You're going to stop. Now, with that said, I have people come in after 10 years, 15, 20 years who want a refresher because they felt they were at a party and they felt like, oh, I had the urge to smoke or had the urge to eat things I shouldn't eat. And that's just the fear. That's just their anxiety. That's not really what they were coming in for. That was the presenting issue. And so we cover that very briefly. We give them some more reinforcement, but that's not really why they were there. It's really because of something else. And so it's not typical in my industry that there are reinforcement sessions down the road because it's not needed. With what many of us in my branch of my field emphasize, which is really lifestyle changes and lifestyle management. Behavior modification. Yeah, it, if it becomes part of your lifestyle, it's not, you know, you, you pass a point where it's, it's kind of the tipping point. You're a non-smoker or you're a person who takes pride in your exercise or healthy eating or whatever it may be. And sounds like this is really one of the things that dovetails and helps people to get to that point. Absolutely. But I do have to ask you this may take away from some of the seriousness of the presentations, but there have been any particularly strange or unusual cases that you can share with us? <laughs> I don't know about strange or unusual because I made a choice 25 years ago to enter a world that was very strange and unusual <laughs> and to start a private practice in when <laughs> back in those days, Ron, it was so difficult, even in the major city that I reside in, which is Los Angeles, it was just not accepted. Hypnosis conjured up those concerns of fear. You know, even to this day, 
I won't get into the story, but I'm still discriminated in many ways by calling myself, uh, you know, again, I'm, I've reached the highest accolades I could ever imagine in my field. Board certified, I've, I'm the cream of the crop. And even to this day, I still get discriminated against on certain things because people, again, ignorance is bliss. And some people just don't want to get beyond what they think they know. Here's some of the things that I've worked on that I thought were unusual. But to me, I just thought, you know, we all have issues in life. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to rationalize that. And as a therapist, I think if a therapist does do that, then they're not really fully 100% in to help that particular person help themselves because they're now putting it into a category, into a box. So I never came from that position, never really thought about that position. I thought, you know, I'm in a field where I have a tool that can help people to help themselves. And so whatever they come in to see me about, then I'm going to take that on and I'm going to do my best and throw everything at it that I can to help that person overcome it because it's a challenge to them. It may not be a challenge to me, but it's a challenge to them. And so some of the things, and you can see some of these things actually on some of the videos that I have, and we'll talk about all that stuff later because I had the opportunity to do a lot of television and I work with a lot of celebrities. So they call me in and we get to do these unique things. And one of them was for somebody to stop swearing using vulgarity. They wanted to do that with hypnosis because they couldn't help themselves because they would swear like a sailor, so to speak. And so that was one of the things that they wanted to stop doing. And you can actually see that on video. It was uh, Denise Richards on her television show back a couple of years ago. And I actually hypnotized her to stop swearing. We had another one, a real estate agent. She was uh, a real estate agent. And this is also on video. You can see it for yourselves. She was terrified to sell homes. <laughs> you go, wait a minute. You made a conscious choice to become a real estate agent, but you are terrified to sell homes and show homes. This doesn't add up logical, rational mind, right? But that was my task. And of course, we helped her to overcome that fear, that anxiety, because her desire, her dream was to become the best real estate person she could become. And so that was an impediment for her in the beginning. So of course, we helped her do that. And, you know, many, many other things that, my goodness, there's so many that could be unique and unusual. But again, like I said, anything one thinks about, the applications of hypnotherapy can be for you and help you. That's really interesting, but it leads me to another question. I mean, you've been talking about hypnosis as kind of this serious skill and helping people with serious problems, and yet there's a part of you that has one leg in entertainment. <laughs> I, I'm trying to uh, sort out how these two parts mesh. I know uh, they're stage hypnotists. Uh, right. You're uh, more of a clinical hypnotist, it seems like, and but you've got feet in, in both areas. How do you live with yourself doing that? How have you, you know, become congruent? And, and yes. secondly, how can you manage both within the same framework in terms of being able to entertain people and then the next day go into your office and help them with a serious anxiety or obesity issue or something like that? Fortunately for me, I reside in the entertainment capital of the world, right? I'm in Los Angeles. And so the transition 
I would think if I was living Midwest or even where I originally grew up in New England, those transitions would have been frowned upon, made very, very difficult for me, and it probably was something that I would not be able to do. But ironically, Ron, my first introduction to hypnosis was a stage hypnotist. I was 18 years old, and I went to a comedy club, and I watched this hypnotist, and I was fascinated. Of course, I forgot about it, went on to college. I wanted to be a sportscaster. That was my path. That's what I wanted to do. So I was in radio, I was in broadcasting, went to get my degrees for college and all of that. Forgot all about the hypnosis until my story in the beginning, how I ended up falling back into it, realizing it was my calling. So the irony was my first introduction was a stage hypnotist. And so how I'm able to combine the balance and what I love to do is I utilize my stage programs as almost an educational, so I call it edutainment, where it's not what I think most people think or what they might see from the old school stage hypnotist guys. My program is more educational while you're laughing and learning at the same time. I mean, what's the best way to learn through laughter? So that's how I kind of set up my stage programs, where there is a lot of comedy, there is a lot of looseness to it, but nothing, anything blue or anything like that at all, where it is a learning vehicle. So underneath everything that's happening, if they're really paying attention, they're getting to learn a lot about hypnosis and the power of their mind. And that's how I set up the entertainment portion. And then I can parlay that and transition that into my private practice. And generally, when is it happening? When I do a public performance, that, of course, boosts my private practice immediately because once they see it and they're able to see it happening, just like all of us, when we see it happening in front of us, now we know we can do that. And that eliminates a lot of the fear and the reservation that one has as to, okay, I've seen it happen now. I didn't have to think about it happening to me. I watched it happen. And then they immediately want to sign up and realize that they can change their lives. That's really fascinating. The working with celebrities and in this area, I've observed every once in a while in, in the Philadelphia area, we get an athlete who seems to have lost confidence in their ability to do a particular thing, whether it's basketball or something along those lines. Have you worked with, and I assume that there are some actors that may get stage fright at some point. Absolutely. Uh, is this an actual thing that happens, and is it something that you can help people with? Absolutely. Let's talk about sports. Sports, they call it the zone. Athletes call it a runner's high. Everyone has a different verbiage for it. And so, yes, they lose that motivation. They lose that zoneness, so to speak. And they come to me specifically for that. So in other words, especially I've done a lot of work with a lot of basketball players where they're doing the free throws. And now when they're doing the free throws, of course, the opposing team is behind the basket that they want to make the free throw. So they're doing everything in their power to not allow them to make that shot because that point could cost them the game. So what they want to do is get back into that zone, focus only on the basket and the ball, and be able to block everything else out and to be able to make the shot. So that's what it is in sports. When it comes to the celebrities, they want to develop the character. They want to immerse themselves into who they're becoming for the part that they were hired to do. Because again, they got to transform 
not only their physical body, but they have to transform their mind. And it's the same applications that we have to do in life. But we don't know what those tools are. We don't know where to get those tools. So again, why not choose an organic natural resource called hypnosis? This isn't something that's chemically induced or or anything at all. This is a natural resource. So why not tap into that power to be able to allow us to have more control over our fear, over anxiety, over our stress, over our smoking, over our weight, over our nail biting, whatever it is. We're not taught those tools when we're growing up in life. We're not taught those tools in our schools. So this is one of the tools, and there's many of them. But of course, I'm a little biased to this, and I've studied all of them, because this is the one that does work. This is the one that's permanent in our lives, and it affects us in the way that we want to be affected by. Yes, it goes along with being an organic natural resource is that it doesn't have side effects. It doesn't have bad side effects. Absolutely. The only side effect is positivity of achieving your goal quickly, rapidly, and effectively. Great. How amazing is that? That's great. Our audience covers a broad age span, but based on my book, we do have a fair number of people who are in their second half century of life. In terms of advice for them, is there such a thing as being too old for it, you know, if essentially they've had lousy eating habits, or they've been too sedentary, or they've been smokers, or or they've been shy. I know with some things, you reach a point where you've maxed out in your ability to run quickly, or whatever it may be. Is hypnosis for everybody, or have you found just in working with the older age ranges, are they as likely to make positive changes or is there a category of people that you kind of rule out because of either their length of perpetuating a habit or whatever? And the rule of thumb, Ron, is never say never. And I don't know what point that people realize that that crossover point comes as when they feel, start to feel like the older generation. Because I know when I was a very young man, I thought, getting into the 50s was like ancient old time history. Well, I'm 57. So I'm kind of in that range we're talking about right now. And there's no reversing that. (laughs) right? (laughs) And so never say never. And I do work with a lot of people in my generation and the generation before me. And they want to make those changes. This is the, the stage of life, as far as I'm concerned, once one hits their 40s, then they start to realize and focus back in on what's important to them. So they start to focus on health. They start to focus on spirituality. They start to focus on, well, wait a minute, I'm doing these things in life, but I don't know how to change them. But I certainly fell into them. I don't even know how I fell into being a smoker, alcoholic, etc. But I am. And so how do I how do I change those things? So now as we get older, we now have the resources to seek out professionals like myself, and they start to question, how do I make these changes and how do I get these tools? So the answer simply is absolute, positively, and most of them want to work in their golf game, actually. They want to be better golfers (laughs) because this is what they're doing with their spare time. Not only want to stop smoking or their addictions or lose weight. But yes, they start to really examine themselves because they know 
that life is very important now and it's very valuable. And so they want to make it as perfect as they possibly can. That's great news. I know some of us have managed to uh, deal with the, this golf issue by uh, giving ourselves like five more hours a week by not playing after a while. But I, I know that there are people who are really committed to it and, and do well. And, and I'm sure that you're able to help some of them. I almost was going to say, I know you couldn't help me, but that would be wrong if I was committed to it. This time has gone much too quickly, and we may we may need to supplement it at a future date. But I do have a couple of other questions. One is, I'm a little embarrassed to ask. I hope you're not embarrassed to answer, but I, I introduced you, Kevin, with all these accolades and all this. How come you're so good at what you do and, and so widely recognized? I mean, are you a natural born salesman for this stuff? Is it your enthusiasm? <laughs> you know, you just, after 25 years, you got enough people throughout who are success stories. But I mean, you know, there, I'm sure that uh, there are a lot of people who do what you do, but aren't you? Well put, Ron. First and foremost, I'm a man of God and I follow God's plan. It's that simple for me. I don't fight it. I don't question it. Like in my, my younger days as a younger man, now I've submitted completely and totally to his plan. And so with his strength and his power, I can do no wrong, but I have to do the legwork. And so in my daily prayer and my daily self-hypnosis, I ask what it is that I need to do and how do I need to continue to do that? And how do I need to continue to be an instrument for his will? And that's my ministry. This is my ministry to help people to help themselves through a very unique, and like I said, still to most people, and this is why I do these type of programs to educate, inspire, and uplift people to understand a natural organic resource called hypnosis that we can all use. It's all there, right there for us. Matter of fact, you can go to your local library and get a book and read about it and read about the serious applications of it. And of course, if you want to dab into the comedic applications of it, please do so as well. It's nothing but a fascinating field. And even myself, after doing this for 25 years, Ron, especially when I do the stage shows, I will see things, do things that I've been doing for 25 years, but everyone receives the information differently. And then their personality comes out and they project that. And so I become a spectator as well, watching the same thing I've watched for 25 years, the same comedy routine that I'll do and how, what their applications are towards that. And I just stand in awe of the power of how people are able to be creative. They're able to let themselves, all inhibitions are gone and they're able to reprogram their own minds. And you're watching that happen. It's absolutely fascinating. By now, I'm sure many people are wondering, how do they get in touch with you or your materials? And I guess I'm asking, you know, the full range of things. Number one, if they're on the West Coast and nearby, how, how they get to you. Are there things that can be done virtually? I don't know whether your field lends itself to it. What other materials can they get from you or about you? And... There may be a few serious bookers or meeting organizers who 
had to have been impressed and maybe reaching out to you if the country ever opens up again and we start having, you know, conferences and meetings. Absolutely. Here's the great thing. Well, first and foremost, people can get a hold of me, go to the website. There's a lot of great information on there about hypnosis, free information on a lot of the things that you probably have a lot of questions about, which is hypnotist.com. That's so simple to remember, right? Hypnotist.com, H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-S-T.com. And you'll find all the resources there. Plus, there is a store. I sell programs for weight loss, smoking, anxiety, stress. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there where it's very specific to what people are looking for. So go on there. Just click on the website, hypnotist.com. You'll find all of the resources in the store that you can purchase and help yourself just off of the programming with that. Now, you mentioned the virtual. I pioneered. The first virtual hypnotherapy visits about 20 years ago. And I was laughed at by my colleagues. People just didn't accept it. It was unprofessional. And I've got, again, it was all a lot of the negativity that I received by getting into this field. And then I got it again from my own colleagues because it just, they just understand it. Well, COVID 19 happens. And so I've got clients all over the world. I started getting calls from the clients like, how do we do this? How, how's this work? How, how's all of this happening? Well, just like you and I are doing now, Ron, and I don't know if you're going to use this footage, or we're going to go just you're going to just use the voices on it for your program. But this is the applications right here through Skype, through Zoom, telephone. And I've been doing that for 20 years. Matter of fact, I developed that kind of a process because my time was in such high demand that to just do singular office visits was very, very time consuming because it was time travel to get to and from the office and there was time in the office. And so all of this really took a lot of time away per day for me. So I had to develop a program. How can I, or somebody coming in who wanted to come and see me from Japan they had to fly in, they had to stay in Los Angeles for you know a week just to have three or four sessions and then go back home. This is very time consuming for everybody. So this type of technology has allowed me for the last 20 years to cut all of that out. So I've been doing this for 20 something years. And so COVID-19 comes about and now all of a sudden everybody's adapting and not only adapting, but they're finding not only in the medical field, that this application, this technology works and is very successful. But they're also finding that they can shop from home. They can do many things from home that they realized took a lot of time out of their day, that they're realizing that I can do everything right here from this computer. And so why not do it that way? And so that's the positive that I feel has come out of this COVID-19, not only for the medical industry, which I'm associated with, but for many, many other things that people have realized that this technology is amazing and it really takes a lot of stress and anxiety out of our lives where we can spend more time with our families, with our kids, with our pets. And they're starting to realize and we're getting back to the old way of thinking of how things should be and how much more we're connected to each other in this world and how much more we need each other. It's really interesting. And it, ties in with uh, my colleagues and I actually have had a discussion along those lines that when things go back to some degree of normalcy, 
since we're doing a lot of telehealth now, that aren't we maybe better off being able to do this, seeing the person's face, they can see us, as opposed to going into the office and each of us are wearing a mask and sitting six feet apart. And whether all the nuances that we can get by seeing the person's face aren't an advantage. Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's, it's good that you clarified earlier that people are in control. It's so that they're not, they don't have to worry that if you're there and they're on a different continent or across the country or something like that, that right. you're going to put them into some state they're not going to be able to get out of. And right. I think it's particularly important during these days of COVID-19 when I think the challenge of reverting to old bad habits under stress is probably magnified. Absolutely. So you can imagine my industry right now, especially what I'm known for is stress and anxiety. The floodgates have opened because of fear. And we're again, fear is important. But unfortunately, in this particular situation, fear has overcome many. It's out of control. So they don't know how to control that any longer. So people in my industry, therapists nationwide, again, their patient ratio has increased because they need help. And the ones who are able to do it, those individuals are the ones who are helping others help themselves. Well, Kevin, I thought this would be an interesting program. I didn't anticipate how much I would learn about you and your field and how much you've been so graciously sharing with our audience. And I still have tons of questions, but... I don't have tons of time. So uh, again, you gave us your information. We'll include it in the show notes so that people will be able to get in touch with you. Again, there's lots of materials. I have looked over them, and I can assure you that there's something for everybody. Kevin is really good at what he does, and he's very good about sharing it. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for you and your audience, everyone who's listening to this program. So when this program launches in June or July, for the first week, anyone who listens to the program, and I'm going to mark it because I'll know as well. You're going to send me a copy, and I'm going to know when it launches. So for that first week, from the launch date for the entire week, I'm going to offer I'm going to offer a $125 program called self-hypnosis. So anyone who listens to the program and emails me, through my website, hypnotist.com, I'm going to give them that program, $125 value, called Self-Hypnosis, free of charge for listening to this program. And it's a program to help them and teach them to go into a self-hypnotic state so they can make the changes for themselves. So if they have to email me with the name of this program, they listen to the program the day and date for seven days, and after seven days, I'll, I'll rescind the offer but that's what I'm going to do for the listeners of this program today. That's really terrific. It's an extra special reward for people who listen to the end. It's really, really beyond gracious and it just, just wonderful. Remember, despite the generic name of hypnotist.com, his name is Kevin Stone. He is the best in the world in both <laughs> the serious and entertaining area of hypnosis got a wealth of information for you, a wealth of experience and ability to help you change your behaviors. And he comes from the same kind of positive psychology outlook, end of the spectrum that I come from, 
the idea being focus on wellness, changing behavior, and becoming the best version of yourself that you can possibly become. So, Kevin, once again, it's been wonderful. And I hope that anybody who may be listening to this podcast for the first time will recognize the quality of the guests that we have, continue to download, rate, listen to the podcasts, and visit our website, mentalhealthgym.com. This has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, the podcast designed to live your life enthusiastically every day of your life. And you've got lots of good advice on how to do it today. Once again, Kevin, thanks very much. And until next time, everybody stay safe and be prepared for another outstanding guest. Thank you.